Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Thursday, the 5th of October. Good to have you aboard. We are part of the Believe Podcast Network, and everything Zaslow Show 2.0 is always presented by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE, 800-747-3733. If you're dealing with a personal injury, slip and fall, hit and run, car accident, motorcycle, boating accident, if you have a back injury, whether you're at work, on the road, or in public, if you suffered long-term back pain through no fault of your own, Anajar and Levine can help you pursue compensation. Anajar and Levine dedicated to providing the highest client support with no hidden fees or costs. Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Got a fun show planned for everybody today. Glad to have you aboard as always here. Week 5 of the NFL gets going tonight. That means Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports Fantasy Football. We're going to have him on the show. He'll help us get to who to start, 
who to sit this week for our fantasy football teams. And that, of course, also means, hey, bet online. Your number one information source for all your sports wagering info, all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for all your NFL and college football action. It's at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on stats, news, and odds. For the start of the season, all the way through the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the BetOnline website today or use your mobile device and get in on the action. Remember, use your promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. So we'll get Jamie Eisenberg on the show. We'll get you set up for fantasy football. We got Bears at Commanders. Tonight, getting week five going. We're just a few days away from the Dolphins' second home game of the season. The New York Giants in town. There will likely be a lot of Giant fans there this weekend. They're going to go home early and unhappy as I think the Dolphins are taking their frustration out on the Giants after last week. Giants are in for a really long Sunday afternoon. And that comes after a really long Monday night where the Giants lost 24-3 at home to the Seahawks. Damon Amendolara, national radio host, CBS Sports Morning for years. Now, he is on Sirius XM Mad Dog Radio every morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Damon Amendolara with Babchick every morning on Mad Dog Radio. He's going to join us. We'll talk some NFL with him. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to, we'll do a little of the, the Major League Baseball, the Wild Card Series. We'll see if he likes the new format. So our pal DA, who, who was on radio here in Miami. He was on 560 Sports WQA. Matter of fact, he was on opposite me. He was on in the evenings on QAM. I was on in the evenings on 790. We're pals now. So DA, he moved from CBS this week. He moved from CBS to Sirius XM. A shakeup in both national networks. He's working there with Babchick, who you know I love, formerly of Morning Men, every morning on Sirius XM Mad Dog Radio. And now my guy Evan Cohen, killing it. Every morning, 6 to 10 a.m. on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle Smallman. So there you go. Everybody knows my favorite show is Amber and Ian, though, every night on ESPN Radio, 7 to 10 p.m., Amber Wilson. So anyway, we'll get DA on the program. We'll have some fun with him, of course. So Marlins last night. Now, Marlins get killed last night. They lose 7-1, and and they go out with a whimper. But you know what? Like, (coughs) all four teams were eliminated yesterday. They all went out with a whimper. And the idea that, uh, you know, it was embarrassing for the Marlins, the way they went down, they lost on Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, 4-1. They lost on Wednesday, 7-1. I don't feel embarrassed. It's embarrassing the way the Rays went out. It's embarrassing the way the Brewers went out. The Rays were a wild card team, one of the best teams in baseball. They lost both games at home with a, with a brutal showing from the Rays fan for those two games. 19,000 game one, 20,000 game two. I don't know what that's about because there have been playoff games at the Trop. The Rays are always good. Lots of playoff games in St. Pete. And they usually get a pretty big crowd. I don't know what the deal is. Maybe because it was a wild card round, which doesn't make sense. But let me tell you something. 
You can bust on Marlins fans all they want, and they deserve it because we don't show up to Marlins games. But if there was going to be a playoff game there next week, and I bought tickets, I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm getting that money refunded. If there was going to be a playoff game next week, games three and four against Atlanta with the divisional series here in Miami, that stadium was going to be, if not sold out, close to sold out, a hundred percent. So. And the Marlins fan has been scorned. The Rays fan, if anything, I know the Trop is in a bad location. I know it's a shit burger of a stadium, even though I've never been there. But the Rays are always good. And to do 19,000 and then 20,000 in games one and two of a baseball playoff game, that's a disgrace. The Marlins fan would have sold out Lone Depot Park next week. So... They're building a new stadium. Like, they've come to an agreement. They're building a new stadium there for the Rays. I don't know. If you're... You want to talk about the Marlins don't deserve a team here or Miami doesn't deserve a team here, they would have... We would have sold out that ballpark next week. The Rays, for a team that's always good, 19 and then 20,000, games one and two, a disgrace. I, I, I don't get that. So, anyway, the like, the Rays losing the way they did... That's embarrassing. The Brewers, NL Central champions, the way they lost, that's embarrassing. I'm not, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed. And, and the Twins advance, they get past the, uh, the Blue Jays. I'm, I'm not embarrassed with the Marlins losing yesterday. My only regret is that it was only a two-game series. I really enjoyed, well, I didn't enjoy myself once, what was it, the fifth inning, the sixth inning? When it became, I think it was sixth inning, when when Stotts hit the grand slam, sitting there, it's three nothing. The bases are loaded. <clears throat> they bring in, they bring in uh, uh, the relief pitcher. First pitch to him, you knew it right off the bat, right off the bat. And I just shout grand slam, and I get up off the couch and I walk out the room. I, you know, at that point, Marlins on big TV got changed to small TV. There's no way I'm sitting there to watch the last few innings. Marlins down 7-0 to watch their season definitely end. No way was that getting big TV anymore. So that automatically switched to small TV. Big TV then changed to Inter-Miami. And when I put it on the big TV by then, it was it was 1-1. And the next thing you knew, 4-1 in the blink of an eye with Chicago. That's another thing. Inter-Miami's playoff hopes as Messi has now missed six games. Inter-Miami's playoff hopes... It seems like it's over. That's why I said when we had Israel Gutierrez on the show, was it Monday we had him on? I told him it feels like Inter-Miami's playoff, it feels like it's over. It feels like it's over. So, last night, not a good sports night at all for us. But I'm not embarrassed with the Marlins. My only regret is it was only two games. I enjoy, baseball playoffs are great because every pitch is huge. And we got that for all of game one. Game one, even those 4-1 in the Marlins, look, they didn't play well. You were in it the whole game, it felt like. And the first few innings yesterday, you were obviously in it. I, I just wish the series was longer. I wish it was more than two days. It's fun having good baseball. It's fun having your team in the Major League Baseball playoffs. You know, we've gotten to experience it now for several years in a row. Three years in a row. Well, it's really four years. I don't want to count the COVID year because that's kind of bullshit. But... Three years in a row with the Panthers. You know, the Panthers now, finally, first time in franchise history, some sustained success. First time ever three years in a row in the postseason. They'd only been to the playoffs 
two years in a row, one time before this stretch. That was 96 and 97. And it's just fun having your team playing meaningful games every year. And the thing with baseball, by the way, see, this was a great season for the Marlins because it was super unexpected. They were kicking ass by the All-Star break 14 games over. And then they got back in it the final couple weeks of September where every night, even though the postseason only lasted two days, the final really two, three weeks of September, every night was playoff caliber games. Every night was important. And that's why the Major League Baseball playoffs are so much fun because the last few weeks of your season likely feel like playoff games as well. So I'm not embarrassed at all with the Marlins went out. It was an unexpected season, an unexpected playoff appearance. Just the third time in 31 years of Marlins baseball in a 162-game season that the team is qualified for the postseason. I enjoyed the Marlins run this year. And yeah, so like maybe you spend a little bit of money in the offseason. It is funny for a team that has always touted the pitching it kind of feels like the pitching's a little bit bare right now, the starting pitching. Now, granted, Yuri Perez, you're hoping he'll be full-time next year. Sandy Alcantara, he'll be back as well. You throw Jesus Lazardo in there. You got three top guys you're feeling pretty good about. Spend a little bit of money. Add a little bit more on the offensive end. And maybe a build on it, make a return to the playoffs. Because with the three wildcard spots... Seven teams in each league. Seven out of 15 make the playoffs. You really got a chance. So, I'm happy with the Marlins season. Baseball's different like that. You make the playoffs and lose in the first round in the NHL. Make the playoffs and lose in the first round in the NBA. Super disappointing. Make the playoffs and lose in the first round in Major League Baseball. It could still be considered a good season depending on where you came from. And the Marlins had a good season. I don't think there's any other way to look at that. So... There you go. We give you a little bit on the Marlins as far as them losing last night 7-1 to and the Phillies now. No baseball tonight. I think everything gets going again Saturday. So it's all four teams advance. And, and by the way, we didn't get any drama. You were hoping for some game threes today. Two home teams one two zero. Two road teams one two zero. So I would say the home field advantage and, you know, one team not having any, it didn't matter. It was relevant. Two home teams won, two road teams won. So now you got Philadelphia and Atlanta in the divisional series. You have Dodgers and Diamondbacks divisional series. Twins Astros. Twins are very easy to root for right now. Great crowds at home. Rangers Orioles. Orioles are going to be very easy to root for because they're, they're never in the playoffs. They always stink. They had the best record in the American League. So... I I like when the home teams win in the baseball playoffs. The crowd gets so pumped up. The crowd's hanging on every pitch. The players in the dugout are jumping around. I love it. Uh, Anyway, and speaking of which, it really did feel like there was kind of a bias against the Marlins on the national broadcast. You know, you had Carl Ravitch, what was it, when they were announcing the Marlins starting lineup in game one. They got through the Phillies and said, now we got to get to the Marlins. We have to talk about them because they're here. It's like, that's kind of fucked up. And the the, the camera loves showing the dugout, loves showing the players. Do you remember the camera showing the Marlins dugout at all? Like, I know they have anonymous players, but 
Make them not anonymous by showing them and talking about them. You got the National League batting champion, last year's American League batting champion, in the Marlins dugout. Luis Arise. Don't be afraid. Jorge Soler, he was National League Championship Series MVP two years ago. 36 home runs this year. Put a camera on him in the dugout. Jazz Chisholm, is, is, there, is there a more fun player in baseball? I mean, I know there are, but he's one of the tops. Put the camera on him. It really kind of feels like there was, like, like the Marlin fan who sits there and says they hate us, and then especially after the umpire last night who was a real piece of shit behind home plate. That's why the Marlin fan is yelling things like, oh, you know, they hate us, they're against us. It, it really did feel like they, they didn't want the Marlins anything part of this Major League Baseball postseason. It, it, really, it really felt like that. So, there you go, I guess. You, you, you get your wish. The Marlins are done. Anyway, so that's what you got as far as the divisional series go. You, you'll get going again on Saturday. All right. Today's a Thursday, which, of course, means you guys know what that means. I put out the note last night, or I put it out this morning. I did it this morning, and we're going to do Zaslow Show 2.0 Mailbag. But first, before we get to Mailbag, guys, I slept fine last night. How did you sleep last night? Are you sleeping on sheets and giggles? If you're not, that's on you. Because I've been telling you about sheets and giggles for uh, for months now. One of our great sponsors on Zaslow Show 2.0. I'm talking the most breathable, the coolest, the softest sheets you're ever going to touch. That's right. You lay down on sheets and giggles. They're bed sheets. You're asleep in minutes. You're going to become one of over 100,000 Americans who are sleeping on sheets and giggles. You go to sheetsgiggles.com, and just like the Saslow family, you're never turning back. Get the best sleep of your life with their irresistibly soft eucalyptus lyocell sheets. It's also the annual fall sale, so we're talking major discounts all across SheetsGiggles.com. Get the best sleep of your life. We're talking a unique satin weave. Their sheets are not only soft, they're so breathable. You're going to sleep cool and comfortable all night long. And the best part, when you check out SheetsGiggles.com, use promo code ZASLOW, Z-A-S-L-O-W. Promo code ZASLOW at SheetsGiggles.com, and you're going to get 20% off your first order. Again, SheetsGiggles.com. Promo code Zaslow. My man Colin, the founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles, he did it. He's making sure that we're taking care of the environment and we're getting the best sleep of our lives. SheetsGiggles.com, promo code Zaslow. SheetsGiggles.com, promo code Zaslow. You'll thank me later. Let's get to this week's edition of Zaslow Show 2.0 Mailbag. So, you can ask anything. I send out the note, you hit reply, boom, there you go. All right, so... This week's, and we'll talk about anything. Zaslow Show 2.0 Mailbag. This question here is from Peter. How long will Liam Eikenberg be allowed to almost get to a killed on a weekly basis? Well, I think there's uh, I think there's good news, Peter. The bad news is Liam Eikenberg sucks balls. He was a second-round pick a couple years ago. He's fucking terrible. There's no other way to put it. And even though there were some problems as far as the snap goes the first couple weeks, with Connor Williams, Connor Williams has actually been excellent. Liam Eikenberg, I saw PFF rankings, ranked 44 out of 44 eligible centers. He fucking sucks. But the good news is, the coach is hoping that Connor Williams and Jalen Phillips are both back this weekend. There was the chance that they were both going to be able to play last week in Buffalo. So I would say, it's not going to be much longer that we have to look at this Liam Eikenberg again. 
he's in his last year with the team. All right, this next question is from, let's see, uh, at Naris, and he's asking, Zaslow, what is the long-term solution to fill the void of a reliable and steady point guard for this year's Heat team? Well, you know how I feel about Lowry. Not only do I not think he should start, and I don't think he will, I don't, th- I don't see a spot for him in the rotation. I don't think he should be in the rotation. Hero and Richardson, I think if you want to tag someone as a point guard, those will essentially be the two. But we know that Bam, Jimmy, they have the ball in their hands a ton initiating offense. That doesn't really have to be an official point guard per se. As far as who it's going to be long-term, there is no long-term answer right now. I told you I would love for the Heat to trade for Malcolm Brogdon. He's always hurt, but trade for Malcolm Brogdon for the Blazers. Would you give up a first-round pick for Malcolm Brogdon? I would. I don't know that the Blazers want to deal with the Heat. Malcolm Brogdon is a very good point guard when he's healthy. But realistically, what's the option of point guard? I I don't think there's a real option outside of Kyle Lowry right now, which is obviously frustrating. Kevin asks, Zaslow, did you hear Tony Storm last night on AEW Dynamite? I am so glad you brought this up. Timeless Tony Storm. I love Tony Storm anyway. And she is on the run of her career right now in AEW. Who knew that she had this kind of personality, this character, Timeless Tony Storm, where she's essentially, she's like an actress. She's, she's doing like a Marilyn Monroe kind of vibe. She is amazing. I mean, besides, she's so hot. She is amazing. And here she is last night on Dynamite. I have the clip for you here, Kevin. Not only does she throw it to break, or what she thinks is throwing it to break, she then decides to give to Sky Blue what she refers to as a titty slap. These very, very important sponsors. What's that, Tony Sparks? You'll pitch to picture to picture. did a great job pitching the break. Yeah, we'll we'll see you in picture to picture. A titty slap. What the? What? Yeah, you heard that right. Four years later, we've heard just about every damn thing. Oh my God, I love her so much. A titty slap. And then she proceeded to slap her titties several times. I love her so much. Now, I do think it then went to commercial break because they do breaks in between matches. I do think that she was, it was a planned spot where she was throwing a break there. Here's a word from our sponsors. And they didn't get to the break right away, it took a few seconds. And I believe that she thought that she was only saying that for the crowd there in front to hear her. Instead, everyone heard it on television, which is awesome. But I- I'm here for Tony Storm and titty slaps. That's going to have to be something now she does the does every week. And I would imagine next week the crowd is going to start chanting for titty slaps. Awesome. love it. I love it, Kevin. This next question is from Patrick Zaslow. What do you expect out of the Panthers this year? I think they're going to be awesome. I think they're going to be great. Panthers, Panthers play preseason tonight again at Tampa after losing to Tampa 2-0 the other night. Panthers season starts a week from tonight at Minnesota. They start three or their first four on the road. I'm so excited for the Panthers. The, uh, defensively, I think it's going to be a little bit of a struggle early on because out for the first month or so at least are Brandon Montour and Aaron Ekblad who are dealing with injuries that they played through into the Stanley Cup Finals. But Oliver ekman Larson has looked really good so far this preseason. The other defenseman that they signed, uh, Miko something I think his name is, uh, he's supposed to essentially play that Radko Gudis 
type role. So I, I, I like what I hear about that. Defense, I think, is going to be a little bit of an issue early on. But offensively, big hopes for Evan Rodriguez. Is he the new, you know, winger that 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 Bill Zito finds off the scrap heap from Colorado last year? So I have hopes for him, and it looks like he'll be on the top line alongside Sasha Barkov. And Mackie Samuskevich looks like he may make the team for day one, and he's been on the second line with Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett. So I'm really happy how Mackie Samuskevich has looked so far. I'm very excited about the Panthers. I think they're going to be really, really good. And finally, I got one more question here. <coughs> this is from Ben. Uh, Zaslow, how do you prepare for Zaslow Show 2.0 every single day? Excellent question. So, yeah, I wake up early in the morning, believe it or not. I wake up early. I get my coffee, of course. And there are, there are a couple of shows I listen to in the morning to kind of get a feel for what's going on. I'm taking some notes. Uh, the shows that I listen to every morning, I listen to Starting Lineup on Sirius XM NBA Radio, Frank and Scal, Frank Isola and Brian Scalbrini. I'm a huge fan of both of them. I get my NBA stuff from them. I love that show. I'll, I'll tune in for a little bit on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio, Evan Cohen, because that's my guy, and I'll listen to them. And if I didn't listen the night before, I always listen. I'll go back in the podcast Amber and Ian, I want to make sure I listen to Amber, uh, not just because I get info there, but because I'm always going to support her, so I listen to Amber and Ian in the podcast in the mornings, and those are like my three go-to shows every morning, and then on top of it, look, I obviously we have a whole team who produces and edits the show and everything here at the Zaslow Mansion behind the scenes, but I get in the mix also, and I, I'll edit clips And I'll put some stuff together and make sure we're prepared for the show. So there you have it. That's how we do it. And that right there, I appreciate all the questions, guys. And that right there is another edition of a Thursday edition of Zaslow Show 2.0 Mailbag. Guys, before we get to Damon Amendolar and we'll do some uh, NFL, like I said, maybe a little wild card with him. We'll ask him uh, his, his, you know, national perspective on the Dolphins. I want to make sure you guys are taken care of the way that I am. And that means you got to make sure you're getting your insurance at the best rate possible and that your home is covered. And I send you to Brunt Insurance. I'm not just randomly sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. I've been getting my homeowner's insurance from Brunt Insurance for almost 10 years now. Matter of fact, Brunt Insurance just recently celebrated their 10-year anniversary. Brunt Insurance, bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Not just homeowners insurance, Brunt Insurance since 2013 specialized in home, auto, life insurance. I get my home insurance through Brunt Insurance, and that's what you're looking for. Well, wherever you're calling from in the state of Florida, 954-589-2204. They have locations all throughout the state, so wherever you're calling from, Greg Brunt and his team, they know your area. They're going to know exactly what type of coverage you need to make sure that you're not caught off guard. They specialize in making sure that you know everything that's going on in your policy. Their fully licensed staff helps you every step of the way. Their agents specialize in educating you on all of your options. Want to make sure that you're not caught off guard by anything. And like I said, when you call 954-589-2204, you're making the right call because not just homeowners insurance, car insurance, motorcycle, boaters insurance, and the best rate out there. 954-589-2204. Greg Brunt and his team, they've helped me along the way, and they're going to do the same for you. Go to bruntinsurance.com.
All right, all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0, everybody knows, are brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba, European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. If you need a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, if you haven't tried yet, what are you waiting for? You got Thursday night football tonight. Head on out to Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. You're drinking in your home just like I am on this couch in the Zaslow Mansion family room that way we can always drink responsibly and don't forget johnny cuba's mantra stay tranquilo and joining us here live from out there in the in the serious xm studios is our pal damon amendolara who who folks down here remember of course used to do evenings on 560 wqam and has been on cbs sports radio for years now and this week made the move over to sirius xm mad dog radio channel 80 DA, good, good to see you. It's good to see you there in the Sirius XM studios. And I want to start with, I, I love, I love how you posted the throwback photo of you in high school and the story you told as I happened to catch you on on Beetle and Decker a few days ago, telling the story about your first time meeting Chris Russo, who is clearly a major inspiration for you. He's a major inspiration for me. Uh, I mean, he, I I love him so much. I love that he's on TV now on ESPN every week and people are getting to know a guy who's in the radio hall of fame, who's been doing it forever as if he's some new guy on the scene, people are being introduced to him. So tell me a little bit about now, you know, getting to be on the same channel and, and getting to be on Mad Dog Radio. Yeah, I grew up in the New York area and Mike and the Mad Dog were the linchpins of sports talk radio, really the opinion makers that mattered in New York for a long time. So back then when I was in high school for my my project in high school, it was going to be a TV show we had to create that was going to air on cable access in our little hometown and little area of the Hudson Valley of New York. And we wrote a letter to try to get to WFAN and see if we could film some of the studios or film some of the shows and maybe have a a sit-down interview with one or two of the hosts. And sure enough, we got down there and I got to interview both Mike and Chris. Now they're famous enough now to have a 30 for 30 and to really be like the godfathers of sports talk in many ways. But at the time when I got to sit down with them, I'm 18 years old and they're of course huge, larger than life. And I was just so nervous and I was just a kid and Chris really listened to my questions. He really took my question seriously. And I remember thinking, wow, this is pretty amazing. I'm kind of a nobody. And yet he's giving me the respect of my questions actually mattered. And I, I walked out of there going, you know, that was so kind of nice and kind of somebody that really, it didn't matter. I mean, what my answers were either going to be a class project or on cable access. So what did it matter to him? But he really treated me with a lot of respect. And I think that's a reputation that he has throughout throughout the industry. He's a crazy, wild opinionist, but he treats people well. So to be able to be hired on the channel that's named after him and do the morning show, he does the afternoon show now, is really a dream come true. So my first week here at SiriusXM has been pretty amazing and uh, really just kind of getting started. So it's pretty awesome. Was it a no-brainer, you know, when when you or your agent, you start to hear, okay, you know, morning men, which, which I've been listening to every morning, every day for years now. It was my favorite show. Uh, where you get the call after that show is going in a different direction. And it's like, holy shit, I could be on Mad Dog Radio. Chris Russo, I love him. He's a hero to me. Was this a tough decision? Not really. The opportunity to go to Mad Dog 
radio, kind of like as you alluded to, it's it's a massive brand. It's a massive national brand. And Sirius XM, I've been a subscriber for a couple of years, and I, I'm just I'm so impressed by their content, whether it's I, I love music from the 70s and 80s or 90s and the fact that they have all these music channels that are specific genres. I love the comedy channels. Um, I commute in, t- in and out of the city more than an hour each way every day. So I listen to a lot of series. I consume their sports talk. I'm a big college football fan. So the SEC channel or college sports channel or whatever. I've just always thought that they bring together a lot of amazing content. And so from that standpoint, it was a no-brainer because the brand is big. The resources are big. The channel is big. What was hard was leaving my team. I mean, I had been with them for, in some iteration, I was at CBS Sports Radio for 11 years. And the current show that we had was six or seven years. So that was hard to leave them behind, but they all understood that it was a great opportunity. And so I miss them a lot. They're they're my guys forever. But the chance to come here was always like, boy, if that ever comes together, I'm I'm there in a heartbeat. And how about working with Babchik? Were you familiar with him at all before you took this gig? I was familiar with Babchik from afar. You know, we had crossed paths at like Super Bowls or other events where there was multiple radio shows. I had friends who knew them or friends who were listeners of, of the show with Babchik. So I kind of knew his reputation, but didn't really know him, know him. And uh, Babs is everything that you hear on the radio and more. He's uh, he's hysterical and get to work with him every day. It's like, you've just got to be ready for anything possibly thrown against the wall. And I realize I have to kind of take all of that awesomeness and zaniness and make it fit a little bit inside a sports radio show. But that's a really fun challenge to have. I mean, there's never a boring moment. And I think just four shows in, it's felt pretty natural. Like he and I have the same sense of humor and the same sensibility. So even though we're probably different in a lot of ways, I think we're a lot of same, we're, we're the same in a lot of radio ways. You know, as someone, I did morning drive on 790 a ticket for seven years. Longest whoever did morning drive in the history of 790. It will never be defeated because 790 doesn't exist anymore. You've done morning radio for a very long time now. Wake up at whatever time you wake up. Maybe it's 4 a.m. I don't know. You're in New York, so maybe you got to wake up even earlier to get to the studio for 6 a.m. You never get used to the wake up, right? It's always, for me, it was always shitty. You never get used to it. It just becomes part of your life. Yeah, I think I've always been a morning person. I like starting the day out doing something so that I feel like there are times of the day that I can maybe exhale a little bit. So getting stuff done early in the day, I really like. I like mornings because it's quiet. I like being around the office where there's not a lot of hustle and bustle. I think a lot of things can distract you from doing a good job if you're at any office. And in the mornings, it's quiet. I, so I like that part of it. You're right. When the alarm clock goes off at 3.30, 3.45, so 4 o'clock, you know, your body gets a jolt. But at the same time, you know, I've done it now for enough years to where it's relatively normal. And um, like I said, there's a part of me that really likes it because it's your first chance out of the box to say something about the stuff that happened Mm -hmm. last night. And I've done nighttime radio, evening radio at WQAM, as you know, and waiting around all day to talk about whatever he's talking about killed me. I was like, I want to be on the air today right now instead of waiting through nine o'clock through 12 o'clock through three o'clock so there's a part of this that's like yeah let's let's hit the ground running as early as possible 
Let's get to some sports stuff. You can catch DA, of course, Damon Amendolara's show with Mike Babchick every morning, Sirius XM, Mad Dog Radio, 6 to 9 a.m. Wild card series. The Marlins are out last night, but besides the Marlins, all four series, two game sweeps. This was new this year. Instead of doing game 163 in a one game playoff, but all four of them were just two games and we're done. Do you like this format? I'm, I'm still on the fence. I, I like the wild card one game. I liked it because the, the game seven winner take all stuff that baseball does so well was an automatic every se- season. Now I've seen the, the bad end of it because I'm a Mets fan and there's a game 163 or the one game playoff where a couple of years ago, 2016, it was them against Madison Bumgarner and Bumgarner's the best big game pitcher of his generation. And the Mets got a great start from Noah Syndergaard and still lost that game. And so that was such a bummer. It's like, well, we don't get a chance to, to see if the Mets can win a game two or whatever. At the same time, it really gave you the reason, like, I have to sit down and watch this game on this night. I think when there's a three-game series, how many people just didn't watch any of this baseball because it never got to a winner-take-all game? We, we will have no winner-take-all game threes. I think that just meant a lot of people just – bypass the wild card round and go right into the divisional round. So I don't know. I, it's more fair probably because you do have a second day or a third day to come back from a bad game one loss, but I think it makes it less compelling. How great has it been with the pitch clock? Because, you know, I love major league baseball playoffs. I don't like, I don't love baseball as a whole the way that I used to, but major league baseball playoffs are always great. But what comes along with the Major League Baseball playoffs is a lot of these games are three and a half and four hours. And we're not getting that now. because Now, granted, the pitchers, instead of throwing the pitch with usually around seven or eight on the clock, they're throwing it more like two or three on the clock. So they're taking a few extra seconds. But I still found these games moved. I love it. What did you think? It's a huge win. It's a huge win in every way, shape, and form. I mean, baseball has been so slow to adopt new feel and new rules and new dynamics, and they were dying, and they had to. And even I'm kind of like you. You know, I'm in my mid-40s, and I grew up on baseball in the 80s and early 90s, and I fell out of love with a lot of it. I mean, I still love my team, but there was a lot that I found unwatchable or, or past its prime and this gets it back to its soul, where it's action, it's decision-making, it's pace, and it's an enormous win. The fact that we chopped out 30 minutes, basically, of non-action in the middle of, of baseball games, how can you ever compare that to anything? I mean, imagine in the NFL, if we suddenly just went from, like, three-hour games to two-and-a-half, and you didn't have any less plays run. They just kind of eliminated commercials, let's say. You'd be like, that's... Awesome. Like, let's do more of that. So huge win for baseball. So you're a Mets fan. Were they fucking with the Marlins last week? Yeah, probably. I mean, it was really crummy here. Like our week when the Marlins were in town here in New York, not only did it rain every day, it rained all day, every day. We had that Hurricane Ophelia come in or the after effects. And then it hung the whole week. It was crazy. It felt like Seattle or Vancouver every day was rain every single day. So was the field really bad? Yes, I'm sure it was. It was probably really bad for a couple of days. But the fact that they waited as long as they did to call it, I that felt to me that, or postponed it or whatever, that felt to me to be, yeah, screwing with people. 
Tonight, we got week five getting going, Commanders and Bears. DA, you're a national host. Sell me on Thursday Night Football tonight. Okay, so if I'm Amazon Prime, I'm selling you on. Yeah. Sam Howell has a really good arm, and the Commanders offense under Eric Bieniemy has at times this season actually looked pretty good. And the Commanders are in a middle class of the NFC where they could make the playoffs. There's there's not great teams in the middle mm-hmm. of the NFC, the Seahawks, the Lions. But, I mean, you know, they, they, they could be in the conversation of a playoff spot. So there's a reason for Commanders fans to have hope and for you to watch the Commanders. The reason to watch the Bears is honestly to watch the train wreck. How bad does it get? Is it going to be another 37-yard, three-interception effort from Justin Fields? Or is this last week's Justin Fields where he throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns, but still finds a way to lose? It's like every week the Bears find a new way to collapse or look worse. So you'd watch for the potential train wreck of it to rubberneck, if you will, on the Bears. So you're a New York guy. Evan Neal, offensive tackle for the Giants. He stepped in it this week based on the the boos that were raining down. All deserved. I mean, they've been outscored 64-3 to at home so far this year, the Giants. And he says, why would a lion concern himself with the opinion of a sheep? The person that's commenting on my performance, what does he do? Flip hot dogs and hamburgers somewhere. It's bad enough to say that about people who are paying money to go see you play. But in New York, can he ever recover from that? It'll be hard. They in, Inevitably, there will be no leash or leniency given to Evan Neal. He now, he apologized, but he now not only has to apologize, but he has to be great because any sack that he gives up, any blown assignment, if he struggles with anything, it's going to be the guy that people now want to hate. And he becomes the symbol of an offensive line. The Giants have had problems fixing for years now. And Neal just comes off as tone deaf, arrogant, delusional, what have you, because a couple of things. I mean, number one, all right, you want to make the argument that there are non-experts on social media that try to pick apart your game all the time. That's fine. You don't need to be a football expert to know that the Giants offensive line is horrendous when you give up 11 sacks. Number two, if you did want to play the game of their only hot dog, you know, and hamburger flippers, you don't think that there's Wall Street brokers that go to Giants games or doctors that go to Giants games or finance people that go to like it, New York has a little bit of everything in that stadium and everybody's booing. It's not like there's only a portion of the fan base that's booing. That's a fan base that has handed down season tickets through generations since Yankee Stadium. PSLs cost a lot, tens of thousands of dollars. You don't just get the tickets and not know football. So to me, Evan Neal, if if his idea is, oh, the only people that would boo are the people that don't know football. I mean, dude, everybody in that building has paid a lot of money to be in that building. So thus, they know a little bit of something and they know you and the rest of your teammates suck. So, yeah, I, I don't see how Evan Neal ever gets a fair shake again, nor should he. You you did radio for a few years in Boston. Let me get you something about Belichick and the Patriots here. So. He's one win shy of 300. He's 29 away from Don Shula's record. 29 wins right now feels like a ways away based on what the Patriots look like. Is Belichick going to stick around, you think, to get the all-time record? How much do you think he cares about it? Cares a lot about it. Not going to get a chance to. And I'm glad you brought this up, Zaz, because I brought this up beginning of last year, maybe, 
when they were coming off, I guess that was the offseason. They were coming off getting shellacked by the Bills in the wild card round. And I said, look, he's only X number of wins away, whatever that was. I said, but that's assuming he gets 10 wins a season and, you know, they keep stacking 10 win seasons. I think people projected it as like he's got three more years or four more years. I said, number one, there's no guarantee this Patriots team is going to win 10 games a year. Number two, if they're not winning 10 games a year, they're not going to want him around. And I think we've hit that crossroads where Belichick wants that record. But 29 wins, this Patriots team is a seven-win team this year. So now you get to 22 wins away maybe at the end of the year. Well, that could be three more years. And if it's three more years, are you really going to want Belichick to hang on for four consecutive seven and tens? If there's a six and 11 in there or whatever, like that's far from a guarantee. And every year he's there, they get farther and farther away from greatness. So I'm supposed to believe by the end of this year, Patriots fans want Belichick back. I mean, I, I think he's already hearing a lot of that game is passing by stuff in Boston and it happened earlier other places. So I don't, I don't think he's going to have a chance to go get it. Give me some thoughts here on the Dolphins. Dolphins have the Giants this weekend. Major disappointment this past week for us down here, getting just smoked by Buffalo. What do you make of what you've seen out of the Dolphins so far? Yeah, I mean, outside of last week, I, I love what I've seen. And I think they got into a track meet where they just couldn't keep up, which is weird because the Dolphins offense should be able to keep up with anybody. But ball started rolling downhill and they couldn't keep up. They're they're going to be fine. I mean, if Tua stays healthy, and of course, that's the caveat we we all say all the time, they're going to be fine. Their offense is great. Mike McDaniel's play calling is great. Their defense does have work to do because, let's face it, the two best teams they play, they didn't, they weren't able to keep either one of them down, Buffalo or the Chargers. They got the big stop in the final possession in L.A., but those two games are the ones that worry you about their defense. But, hey, if there's a week to get right as a, as a defense, it's playing Daniel Jones of this offensive line. So the Dolphins shouldn't have much of a problem this weekend. And I think they're still one of the three or four best teams of the AFC. And uh, you'll have to prove to me otherwise. The Bengals sliding out of the picture right now. I mean, you have to put the Dolphins as one of the best three or four teams of the AFC. Are the Bengals the most disappointing team in the league? I think they have to be. By far. And I don't even know if the Bengals are so disappointing as a whole. It's just that the calf strain to Joe Burrow short circuit of the season before it got started. And if you can't run the offense that you want with Joe, you can't have a full drop back and you can't let Higgins and Chase and the rest of those guys get open. The offense is garbage and everything still runs through Joe. The defense isn't good enough to carry games. They're good. They're not that good. And yeah, I mean, the season kind of never get, got going, which is unfortunate because I think they've got a really good team top to bottom. Excellent job, DA. 6 to 9 a.m. Series XM Mad Dog Sports Radio with Babchick every morning, Monday through Friday. Is there anything else we could tell the people as far as how to catch you? At the moment, sample it, test it out, see what you think. Hopefully you like it and keep coming back for more. But yeah, mornings on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Congrats, man. I get the sense it's a really great place to work, Series XM. Good for you, dude. And you're going to have a lot of fun with Babchick. It's really cool, man. Thanks, man. Already am. Appreciate that. Excellent job by Damon Amendolara. Again, every morning, 6 to 9 a.m., Mad Dog Sports Radio. Damon Amendolara with Babchick. And that replaces what was my favorite show, Morning Men, in that time slot. But DA's great. Him and Babchick are going to be a lot of fun, obviously. Always appreciate him hanging out with us. I do want to mention real quick, you know, if I could mention about the Marlins again, this is a really important offseason for them. You're coming off of a year where... 
it, it was an unexpected, really fun year. There were there were nights where you ended up having really great crowds. And I'm disappointed, you know, the most disappointed part about not advancing through this round was they've never had a home playoff game at Lone Depot Park. There's never been a playoff game there. I've never been. Forget about me. I bought tickets. I'm going to get my money back now, obviously. And, and, you know, I'll hopefully be able to go another year. I wanted to go personally. I've never been to a Major League Baseball playoff game. But Lone Depot Park looks great when it's filled. And I'm just talking about when the lower level is filled. It gets so loud and looks really cool. That place was, if not sold out, would have been very close to sold out. Because I bought my tickets a few days ago. And my tickets were in the upper deck in the outfield. I told you. I bought the Joy Taylor Memorial seats. I'm disappointed we didn't get to see what that building looks like in a playoff game, hopefully next year. But this is now an op- this is a major offseason for the Marlins because this is an opportunity for them to show the fan base that they are willing to spend, that they are willing to spend a little money on this team. Bruce Sherman said if there was a situation where they were in it, going to the deadline, they would spend. Well, what do they do? They went out, they brought in Robertson, they brought in Bell, they brought in Berger. Great. What are you going to do now this offseason after you've made the postseason? How can you build on that? You got to keep Josh Bell. He's got an option. I'm sure he's going to opt out. You got sign Bell to a new contract. You got to keep him. Give Jesus Lizardo an extension. He certainly looks like what you want him to be. Do you give Jazz Chisholm an extension? So spend money on your own guys. And then, can you go out there and add to it? You're not going to become the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox when it comes to spending. But you could do a little bit. And that includes showing the fan base that you're committed. So, this is a major offseason. If you want to build on this, you have to prove it as an ownership group, as a front office, that you are willing to spend some money and build a competitive team and capitalize on a fan base that, for, for at least the last half of the season, was pretty charged up with this team. Very important offseason coming up for the Marlins. All right, we're going to get to fantasy football. Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports, in a moment here. First, though, if you guys are in the market for a new car, if you're thinking about getting a new ride, well, I send you to the only car dealership I personally endorse. I'm talking about North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, we're talking the widest inventory of newest Subarus on the market. Whatever you're looking for, the Forester, the Outback, the Ascent, the WRX, the Crosstrek, and a, a spacious SUV for your entire family, maybe just something fun for yourself, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru has the perfect model for you. And at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you can be payment-free through the rest of 2023. Make no payments for 90 days when you purchase any North Fort Lauderdale Subaru vehicle. That's right. You can shop right now from the comfort of your own home. NFLSubaru.com. That's NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, conveniently located on North Andrews Avenue, just north of Cypress Creek Road. The building you know and the place to go. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. All guests on Zaslow Show 2.0, everyone knows, are brought to us by Johnny Cuba, official beer of the program, European Roots with that Caribbean soul. You can pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Get yourself a six-pack for the game tonight. 
We got Thursday night football. And of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra. Stay to Don Gilo. Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports Fantasy Football, joins us every Thursday. We get you ready. We get you set now for week five NFL action. Always good to have you aboard here, Jamie. Let's start out with, let me ask you about the Dolphins from last week. We'll get a little bit of a local perspective, not even fantasy related. How disappointed were you in the Dolphins' performance? Yeah, a little disappointed, but, you know, not overly surprised given the fact that Buffalo's at home and, you know, look, they weren't going to go undefeated. And I, I think, you know, the narrative about the Bills after the week one loss against the Jets was completely overblown that Josh Allen stinks and that they weren't going to be one of the better teams in the league. They are. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with their defense moving forward, losing Tredavious White. But for the Dolphins, look, I think, you know, anytime you get punched in the mouth, it's how do you respond. And, and, and the schedule is certainly favorable the next two weeks with the Giants coming into town this week the way that they look. So the defense should get back on track against Daniel Jones. The offense will continue to roll. And the one thing I think that's uh, I'd like to see a little bit more of is is Jalen Waddle, you know. And I know he missed the game with the concussion, but I think that's kind of the missing piece of what this offense is is sort of lacking a little bit because the run game's been awesome, Tua's been awesome, Tyreek's been awesome. Uh, when Jalen Waddle starts to be awesome, which he will, then I think it's going to be just tremendously difficult to defend this team, which has been difficult to defend already. What do we do from a fantasy perspective about the running game moving forward? Well, you're starting Devon A. Chan until proven otherwise. And, and I think Raheem Mostert's not far behind, you know. So we're going to get weeks like that where one guy disappoints. It's just understandable. You know, it's hard to sustain two running backs playing at the level that they were at in the Denver game. And, you know, the nice thing is, is that it's seemingly A. Chan taking a step forward. You don't want to see Raheem Mostert necessarily take a step back. The, the wrinkle to all of this is what happens when Jeff Wilson is healthy and do they start to use three guys? I don't know if that will necessarily be the case. My guess would be as Wilson's more of a break glass in case of emergency type of player. Uh, but I think A-Chan right now is locked in as a starting running back, no matter the format. And Raheem Mostert, at least for this week, same thing. Because, again, great matchup against the Giants. So I would be perfectly fine starting both of them. Let's talk a little bit here. Speaking of running backs, let's talk about Jonathan Taylor. So he practiced in full yesterday. It's still a question mark as to whether or not they actually activate him from the PUP and he plays this weekend. If he does become available for this weekend, do you insert him into the starting lineup? You know, with four teams on a bye and we're still dealing with a few injury concerns, it's hard to avoid putting a player like him in your lineup because you know what the upside is. But there's a couple of things at play here. First off, Shane Steichen, the coach, the Colts coach, said that they're going to rotate him in. And so whenever you hear that, is it coach speak or is it they're going to just give a guy who hasn't played in the preseason, no training camp. Last time we saw him was week 15 last year, give him a full workload. Uh, I'd be a little bit cautious with that. And then the Titans run defense has been awesome, really, in the entire Mike Rabel tenure, but certainly the last, you know, now 21 games going back to last season, 22 games going back to last season. So I'd be a little bit concerned about Taylor having a huge game. So I would say a flex option at best. If he's out, Zach Moss is probably the same thing. And if Taylor plays, I think Moss is really becomes a handcuff at best and somebody that will probably see drop in some leagues. All right, let's talk about Bears and Commanders tonight. What do we like from a fantasy perspective? Do we think we're going to see a lot of points here this evening? I do. You know, I, I think the Bears kind of turned the corner a little bit last week. Granted, the matchup was fantastic against Denver. Not as easy this week against Washington, but Washington's been very forgiving to the last three opposing quarterbacks that they faced. So I think Fields still has an opportunity to play well. DJ Moore is a must-start guy for the Bears. And then I think you look at a couple fringe options. Khalil Herbert was awesome, but again, how much of that was the Bear, the Broncos' defense? So I think he's a borderline number two running back or flex. And Cole Komet, I'd be a little bit cautious with him, but make sure you have him on your roster just in case last week was a sign of things to come. And without Chase Claypool, we saw a spike in playing time and, and targets for him. Not that they play the same position, but routes run were certainly in the favor of Cole Komet. For the Commanders, you know, they showed some 
tremendous bounce back ability. You know, they were awful against the Bills two games ago, clearly. Uh, so Sam Howell is a good streaming quarterback. If you don't have Justin Herbert or, or Deshaun Watson, you know, the two main quarterbacks that are out this week. I think if you're looking at it, Brian Robinson's a must play. He's a top five running back for me in this matchup. The Bears have just been so bad. Uh, Terry McLaurin, I think, is back from what the toe injury was a little bit of a problem for him in the, in the preseason. So he's a must start receiver. And then Jahan Dotson, I think a lot of people dropped him. I get it. I'd go look to pick him up. And if he has another good game this week, he had nine targets and scored a touchdown last week. Then you might have a must start wide receiver who a lot of people gave up on. So let's get to the Dolphins, Giants and Dolphins this Sunday afternoon. The Giants are terrible. They're coming off of a 24-3 loss on Monday night. The Dolphins, are they going to take their frustration from last weekend out on the Giants? This just the home game number two on the season for Miami. Yeah, I think they will. You know, first half play. First of all, play the first half over for the Dolphins because the Giants can't score <laughs> in the first half. Um, I, I think they'll get off to a good start. You know, the, the only concern you might have is if they are, you know, sort of beating this team handily. We saw it last year a little bit. Do they pull Tua? And that's a slight concern, but, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, Two is a must play. Again, the running backs are must plays. Tyreek's a must play. I'm still starting Jalen Waddle with no hesitation. Really, the only question mark in this game is can Darren Waller get going for the Giants and will Saquon Barkley play? So I think Waller's still a must start tight end. I know it's been miserable so far, but a lot of tight ends have been miserable. Go look at Dallas Goddard, George Kittle. Um, A lot of the top tier guys are struggling. Uh, but if Barkley plays, I don't think he'll have a huge game, but it's hard to get away from him just based on what the potential is. If he's out, Matt Breed is a flex at best, but I do think we'll see Saquon Barkley. And if you are looking to stash somebody, Wandell Robinson is getting a lot more playing time for the Giants. So I don't think he's going to have a huge game this week, but he is somebody you can put on your bench just to see what happens. Let's look at uh, – let me, let me pick out another couple games for you. Like how about Bengals and Cardinals on Sunday afternoon? And the reason I ask about that is Joe Burrow, his status, Jamar Chase. He, he's angry. He's not getting the ball enough. Uh, and on the other side, Josh Dobbs has has really you know surprised people. What do we make of that game? Josh Dobbs' average in the last three games is better than any game Joe Burrow's had this season. So he's averaging over 24 fantasy points per game in his last three. Burrow's topped out at 19 points. So it's hard to trust Burrow right now. Um, I would start Sam Howell tonight over him, for example, just to give you an example. And, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I have Zach Wilson ranked ahead of Joe Burrow. That's just how bad it's been for Burrow. So at some point, he's going to snap out of this. Um, I'm gonna guess it's gonna be on a lot of people's benches just because of the the calf injury has really limited his production. You're starting Jamar Chase, you know that just goes without saying. He, he and and I think first off, you know, you're referencing the the clip where he said, "I'm always effing open." Um, it it wasn't like a negative thing. It was somebody asked him, you know, just how do you fix the offense, and he was just answering a question. He was like, "I'm always open." There's giving the ball. Um, so he's he's a he's a must play still. Uh, T. Higgins got to keep an eye on his rib injury. Um, if he's out, then Tyler Boyd has some, you know, PPR appeal just because of how they're throwing the ball so much in these underneath routes. So he'll catch six or seven passes. He just probably won't do much with it. But it's a great matchup against Cardinals. So I, I, I think there's some opportunity for some bounce back here for, for Burrow. And Mixon's a must play. On the other side, Joe, James Conner is a must play. Marquise Brown has basically become a, a must start option. He's on the cusp of a, a, a must start receiver in, in two receiver leagues. So getting there to where you feel fully comfortable with him. And then similar to what I said about Wondell Robinson, go pick up Michael Wilson if he's available. Coming off a two-touchdown game against the 49ers, his playing time is ticked up. Um, he's really the number two guy ahead of Rondell Moore. And so the way Josh Dobbs is playing right now, you can buy into Michael Wilson as a potential sleeper down the road. I'll give you other uh, a few other quick hitters here. Jets and Broncos Sunday afternoon. Based on Zach Wilson's performance last week, do we feel a lot better now about Garrett Wilson moving forward? Yeah, the, the two Jets that I'm really excited about this week, Garrett Wilson and, and Brees Hall. You know, I think first off with Garrett Wilson, like you said, um, Zach Wilson looked much better. They did, you know, miss on a on a touchdown that would have made his stat line a lot better in terms of Garrett. Well, both of them. 
Uh, but Garrett Wilson, 14 targets, nine catches. That was exciting. His best game to date without a touchdown. And now you're taking on a Broncos team that's really been forgiving against opposing number one wide receivers. So he's back in the top 10 where he's been a, a top 30 wide receiver for me. So really excited about Garrett Wilson. And then for Brees Hall, there's a lot of things that play here. First off, this is the place last year, week seven, where he tore his ACL. So you know how kind of players sort of use that as motivation. Uh, Robert Sala said on Wednesday, no more pitch count. So he's full go. So he's going to get that workload that we've been waiting for. And the Broncos have been absolutely miserable against opposing running backs. The last four running backs against them in three games, you have the two Dolphins guys, you have Brian Robinson, and you have Khalil Herbert. So not exactly like the top-tier guys in terms of what we think of. Those guys have each scored at least 22.2 PPR points per game. Those are quarterback numbers and 11 touchdowns over that span. So I think this is going to be a huge game for Brees Hall. And you know, Zazzle, these are always fun narratives. You got the Nathaniel Hackett, Sean Payton thing going on yep. right now. And so we will see if Nathaniel Hackett wants to stick it to his former team, if he's able to. And if his quarterback plays like that and Brees Hall is able to turn into Brees Hall again, he might. Steelers and Ravens may be the best rivalry in the NFL right now. Uh, with Kenny Pickett out, what do we make of the Steelers running game? Najee Harris has been a big disappointment, right? Yeah, well, first off, it seems like Kenny Pickett's going to play. I, I'm, okay. I'm surprised by that as well. He practiced yesterday and said he's going to go out there. So it went from what could be a devastating knee injury to just a bone bruise. And it seems like he could tolerate the pain. But I don't think it really matters, to be honest with you. Uh, Jalen Warren is the better of the two in PPR. Uh, he's outscored Najee Harris in every game so far this season. So now you have not only Deontay Johnson out, you have Pat Fryermuth most likely out. So really thin down receiving for. So I think Jalen Warren in the passing game is going to be big, and he's top five in receptions and targets at the position. Najee's just been struggling. So this Ravens run defense has been pretty consistent. Um, their linebacking core is great. And so I would stay away from Najee. If you need a desperation play, it's Jalen Warren. George Pickens makes me a little bit nervous just because, again, everybody's focusing their attention on him, and I don't think he's ready to handle that yet as a young receiver, especially with his quarterback. And then for the Ravens, it's basically you're starting the top two guys in Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. I do think Zay Flowers still has some appeal as a high-end number three receiver because this Steelers secondary has been really bad. Pass rush is great, but the secondary just can't cover right now. Jamie, who have been the hot waiver wire pickups this week? The biggest one is Julian McLaughlin for the Broncos. Uh, the rookie running back had a 10-touch uh, game, but he scored double digits in points because he found the end zone. And so with Javante Williams banged up with a hip injury, it's a fairly good matchup against the Jets. And I think he could be a must start running back if Williams does not play. And then it was more a lot of stash candidates. I mean, you know, you have some filling quarterbacks like a Sam Howell, for example. If CJ Stroud was available, he should absolutely be picked up off the waiver wire in every league because he looks awesome. Uh, but Sam Howell was a guy who's pretty widely available, can be a starter tonight against the Bears. Um, but it's really the two wide receivers that you're looking at to stash. One is Jamison Williams, who got his suspension reduced from six games to four, so he's eligible to play this week. I wouldn't start him, but I definitely want to have him on my team. And then, again, Michael Wilson, just coming off a strong game for the Cardinals, could start to play a lot more and continue to produce at a high level. So those are two guys you want on your bench. And what about injuries, Jamie? What do we need to keep an eye on the next couple of days? Yeah, you touched on one with Jonathan Taylor just to see if he's you know fully activated off the pop list. It's the same thing with Cooper Cup from the IR list. If he plays, that's going to be interesting to see what happens with Puka Nakua, who's been you know one of the best fantasy assets uh, to begin with, but off to a historic start in his rookie campaign. So just monitor that. Monitor Saquon Barkley to see if he's able to go. Uh, Miles Sanders has been playing through a groin injury. That's a big one. If he's out, Chuba Hubbard could be a good guy to add off waivers just as a flex play. And then, again, Javante Williams and T. Higgins, you know, both guys dealing with injuries where they left the game last week. We'll see if those guys are able to go, but looking like it's not going to happen in week five. Awesome. Great job, Jamie. Tell everybody how they can hear you and your crew leading up to Thursday night football and then throughout the weekend. Sure. You can check us out on our podcast, wherever podcasts are found. You can also check us out, check us out on our YouTube page, Fantasy Football Today, slash your YouTube, slash Fantasy I'll get it one of these days. Just search Fantasy Football Today on YouTube. 
uh, CBS Sports HQ. It's our 24-hour streaming network. And then you can also check us out on the site, cbsports.com, for all of your content. Great job, as always, Jamie. Thank you, pal. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. Excellent job by Jamie Eisenberg. Week 5 tonight. Going to have to put a wager on it. It's a terrible game, Commanders and Bears. Even if you have a fantasy football guy in it. Look, gambling's so much fun. Everybody knows that. You got to put a little wager on it. And if, if you missed Anita Marks yesterday, ESPN Daily Wager and ESPN New York, Anita Marks joined us yesterday. You can always go back in the Zaslow Show 2.0 archives, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Anita. She's a local girl, so we love her. And, you know, we, we talked about tonight and what's the play. I think I, I'll, I brought up to Jamie there as well. I think the over, over 44 is the play. She loves the over. So I think that's got to be the play tonight. Week 5 getting going tonight. Also, I do want to tell you guys. So, we're going to try something new today. Now, maybe we'll get to a place one day where we could... See, you're listening right now in the future. I I did this in the past. You're listening in the future. But maybe we'll get to a place one day where we do Zaslow Show 2.0 live. We'll do a live stream. And then it gets put out in podcast form afterward if you didn't catch the live stream. Maybe we'll get to that place one day. But I I want to experiment. And we're going to do that tonight. So, this Saturday night, WWE is Fastlane. We're going to do a bonus edition. We we did one earlier this week. We did a bonus edition of It's Still Real to Me. and That's Saslow Show 2.0 Wrestling Podcast. We did it earlier this week, reacting to to NXT No Mercy and AEW Wrestle Dream. We're going to do another bonus episode of It's Still Real to Me tonight. And it's going to be a preview show for Saturday night's Fastlane. And we're doing that because this way, if it came out on Saturday, you only have a few hours to listen to it before it's dated. So this way it gives you a couple, two, three days to listen to it before it's dated, before Saturday night's Fastlane. We're going to live stream. It's still real to me tonight. So I would love for you guys to tune in. It's going to be on StreamYard. So the way that I understand it, it's going to put it out to all my social media channels, to Twitter, to Facebook, and to the YouTube subscribers. And it's going to let you know that we're going live. I think it's going to be like around 6 maybe. But we're going to experiment tonight. I hope you tune in. This way we can interact with you guys. You could you could send in questions and comments. And we do it live on the show. And then like always, after the show, I'll then release it in podcast form. Wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're getting. Zaslow Show 2.0. So we're going to try this out tonight. With It's Still Real to Me. Because It's Still Real to Me is a little more straightforward and, and easier as far as recording goes than Zaslow Show 2.0. I mean, I got a whole team here, obviously, but I, I want to do baby steps. So I hope you tune in tonight and, and you help us, you know, do some experimenting. I, I think tonight's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. So look out for the live stream tonight of a bonus episode, a preview for Fastlane of It's Still Real to Me. All right, you guys know what time it is. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. First up here, big deal or not a big deal. Marshawn Lynch, how about this? I mean, Russell Russell Wilson is a lightning rod. His last days in Seattle, here in Denver. Marshawn Lynch, who everyone loves and seems like a great dude and a great teammate. He was on the, the, the Club Shay Shay podcast. That's what Shannon Sharp. So Marshawn Lynch here is talking about his time playing in Seattle, and, and essentially how uh, he, he was not boys with Russell Wilson. He didn't love Russell Wilson. And also, he spoke about how, 
you know, the aftermath of, of that interception on the goal line at the end of the Super Bowl. Um, Wait, who, who called that bull I mean, Now that we look back at it, you see everybody, you know, they show the reaction. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you see the reaction. Sherm, Earl, Bruce, you know what I mean, the D-line, all the – you see the reaction from everybody. And then as I'm going back to the sideline, uh, you know, <laughs> I go by Russ, and I just hear him like, oh, man, like, I'll get him next time. Whoa, 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 whoa. And as I'm as I hear the shit, I don't really, I usually don't take my helmet off, but you know, I take my helmet off. And I go right to Pete Curl's face, and I'm talking about I hit his ass with the biggest. <laughs> you laughed in his face? <laughs> what the And at that point, shit. I'm up how much? Shit. I go to the locker room. I'm out. Be, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Beast mode. I don't see all the shit going on. I don't see none of the shit. I don't see the. I don't see the last few plays where they, 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 they get the scuffling the and they pushing and shoving. You was already gone. I'm in the motherfucking. Uh, you in the locker room. I'm in the locker room. All right, so I, I'm I'm going I'm going big deal because Marshawn Lynch is super respected. Marshawn Lynch has no reason to lie, and there's a lot in that interview he did on Club Shay Shay with Shannon Sharp where it's a bad look for Russell Wilson. He just does not seem to be a great teammate. Seems like he's above it all. And, yeah, I just not a popular guy. So I'm, I, I got to start with Marshawn Lynch. I'm going big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. How about Stephen A. Smith yesterday? So amidst all the James Harden stuff, and it seems like James Harden, he practiced yesterday with the Sixers, and apparently he practiced yesterday with the Sixers without incident. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Here is Stephen A. Smith with a, a little bit of a, a news break on First Take yesterday. I got tipped off last week by a very reliable source about something that happened in Houston a few months ago. Houston Rockets were talking to James Harden, thinking about bringing him back after Ime Udoka was brought in. James Harden actually talked, this is what I'm told, I haven't confirmed it with James Harden, this is what I was told, he actually talked himself out of a max deal because he went in there talking about how he wanted to return to being that scoring champion. And he made you doka and then we're like, nah, we ain't trying to have that here. We building something a little bit different. Had he come in there and said the right things, they would have given the max contract. They would have gave him a max four-year deal. He talked himself out of his own max deal. Yeah, I'm going not a big deal. I, I, I think we all know what James Harden's about at this point. James Harden is about what is the easiest scenario. And going back to Houston and trying to be the leading scorer again, that being all about James, no pressure over there it would have been. When anything gets difficult from things that are difficult inside the team, he wants out. When anything gets difficult on the court, game seven, he no-shows. When anything is tough, James Harden gets going. So the idea that the Rockets weren't about that is not surprising. Uh, I'm going not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. How about the Minnesota Twins yesterday? Michael Kay on the call here on the ESPN family of networks as Minnesota wins a playoff series for the first time in 21 years. Twins advance with a victory 
in two straight over Toronto, and they will meet the Houston Astros in the ALDS. Yeah, it's a big deal. I, I told you, I'll root for the Twins. They're easy to root for. Great crowd. MLB playoffs are so good when the crowd is into it. I'm going big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, speaking of MLB playoff crowds, here is Sean McDonough on the call again on the ESPN family of networks. And when the Tampa Bay Rays crowd is booing yesterday as they're about to get swept two games to none, here's Sean McDonough. He doesn't even refer to the sparse crowd as a crowd. He calls them a group. And on the third goes Sager. And some boos starting to come down from the group. I'm not sure we could call it a crowd. <laughs> the group here at the drop. <laughs> yeah, I got to go big deal. I mean, that, that's a disgrace. We, they talk all the time about crowds here in Miami. I guarantee you, if it wasn't sold out, it was going to be close to sold out next week if the Marlins were to get a home game. That's a disgrace from that Tampa Bay crowd. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. All right. Fun show. To, what do we got tonight? There's no baseball tonight. There's no wrestling tonight. I mean, we obviously you can spend family time. Commanders and Bears, terrible game, unless we put some money on it, and then it always becomes a great game. That's got to be the plan. That's the plan. Today's show brought to you by Bet Online. Make sure you like, you rate, you comment, you do all that fun stuff. Thanks, everybody, who helped put together a great show today. Can never do it without all of your help and your hard work. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Zaslow Show 2.0. You know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.